Hi, my mom friends. This is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. You're listening to the podcast for an intentional mom to build a strong family. I hope you're having a great day and staying warm. It is cold over here at my house. I was out all day with co-op classes. We homeschool and so we have co-op school classes and we got home from those and I was cold. So I came inside and I put on my cozy clothes and I also put on my slippers because they make me so happy. And when I put them on, I was thinking to myself, I want all my mom friends, I want them all to be feeling as cozy as I do. I made myself a cup of coffee, decaf, that I recently got from my son for my birthday. Thank you, Andrew. It's awesome. And actually, my house shoes are also from my kids for my birthday, and I love them. I'm going to share something funny with you today. Well, at least I think it's funny. You might think it's really dumb. When I was little, I loved my slippers so much that I wrote a song about them, and I've decided I'm going to sing it for you today. It is deep and meaningful and may change your life. Well, I'm kidding. It's basically pointless. But actually, I am a little bit hoping that your takeaway from this silly song will actually inspire you, mom, to make sure that every day you find something for your life that will bring you a moment of peace and serenity, like my decaf cup of coffee and my slippers. Lighting a candle does that for me. And and also the front porch is a spot for me like that. I don't have a green thumb, but I always try to keep some plants alive (laughs) and hopefully blooming on my front porch. And so it's a great God spot time, you know, a place to meet with God or an alone spot, just a place to get away for a moment. I I also have a another spot in my house in the living room that's like that where the living room when I sit in my chair I can look out in my flower bed and it makes me really happy too. So mom, find some serenity spots in your life so that you can have a, a moment of that every day. So here's my little special beginning to the episode for you today. What should you do? What should you do? Put on your house shoes. What should you do? Put on your house shoes. What should you do? What should you do? Put on your house shoes. (laughs) Okay, so that's enough of that. Let's move on to the real point of today's episode. And that is, you know, I've mentioned to you before that we have the six rooms of the intentional mom's home. And today we're going to look at a room that we haven't been talking about yet. So the six rooms are the family room, which is all about, and and by the way, I, I will interrupt myself here. I'm good at doing that, aren't I? And say that I have a, we have a Facebook group for intentional moms, and I would love for you to be a part of it. Intentional Moms Strong Family is what you would look up on Facebook to be a part of that group. Join us there every day. We just take a quick look at a different idea for one of those six rooms with Intentional Moms Home. So it's a place to keep you inspired, to keep you focused on the important things, growing our kids and building relationships with our with our family. 
things like that. So the six rooms are the family room, which is about relationships and parenting. The kitchen, which is about a healthy family and a healthy mom. The laundry room, which is about household management. The school room, which is about making sure that your child's education is happening in a way that's effective for them. And some different tips for helping if they're having some stumbling spot academically. The front porch, which is about your God time and your alone time. And then what we're talking about today, and that's the master suite, which is marriage topics. For the single moms that listen to this podcast, I know you're probably feeling like tuning out for this episode. I just want to encourage you not to do that. If your children marry someday, you want them to have a strong marriage and a a healthy perspective about marriage. And you can influence that even if you are not married. You know, for several years, my husband and I led a parenting group at our church called Powerhouse. And we actually had four commitments that we asked parents to make if they were going to be in our group. And one of those, I'll, I'll probably go over all four of those with you at some point. But one of those was for whether you're married or single, this applies. I will honor my child's other parent. You see, no matter your situation with your child's other parent, you can be honoring to them and about them in your attitude, actions, and words. You may not be able to respect them or trust them or condone their actions, but you can be honoring about them. Now, if you're married, there's a lot of ways you can honor your marriage, and we're going to talk about some of those today when we talk about what my husband and I have come to find as the most important principle that we base all the rest of our principles on as we developed some key things to help our marriage be strong because it did not used to be a strong place. Honoring my child's other parent, a verse that I put to go with that is Romans 12:10, honor one another above yourselves. So I hope that all of my dear mom friends will make yourself a cup of coffee and put on your slippers or put on your house shoes and join us today for this extra special episode. So today I'm super excited about today's guest. It happens to be my favorite person in the whole world. My husband, Rich, is joining me today, and you've actually met him before because he often plays the role of host, uh, doing an intro or an outro or, or maybe a segue in between different segments. He also is the awesome producer and editor of this podcast. You wouldn't be listening if it weren't for him. So, Nate, uh, Rich, sorry, I'm calling you by... <laughs> by- Okay. I have an I have an older brain and I'm sure that every mom can identify with this. I'm always calling my kids by their siblings' names, but now that I get on a podcast and I'm trying to introduce my husband, I start to introduce my son instead. No, this is not Nathan. <laughs> this is my husband Rich of 27 years. <laughs> and um today we're going to be talking about marriage and Really, what is our most, what we have come to find as the most critical concept that we are always focused on in our marriage. So welcome, Rich. Thank you. It's great to actually be a real part of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, trust me, he's, he's the key to the podcast for sure. 
So this past weekend, we went on a weekend getaway, which is something we've come to do, try to do twice a year. Of course, I'd love it to be more if we could afford more, but we can never afford the twice a year times either. That's true. We just make it a point to do it even though we we feel like we shouldn't if we've got our financial glasses on. We just do it anyway. Yeah, and it's really something, you know, we talked about for the first many years of our marriage, first 12 or so years of our marriage, we really didn't ever take the time to do that. We didn't understand at that time, didn't understand the value in it. Right. So we just got to enjoy totally stepping back away from life and stayed at a bed and breakfast that was secluded and it was quiet and they fed us yummy breakfast and it was just a time to recalibrate really on all, which is something we try to do with these is recalibrate on what is important and how are we doing at it. So because of that, there's so much we want to be sharing with you today, but we're just really only going to touch on our very top thing. And that is the concept of oneness. Yeah, oneness is something that we, I don't know if you'd say we discovered it or really God revealed it to us a few years back. Oh, I don't know, 11 years ago or so. And it's an idea that really has kind of transformed the way we view our relationship, our marriage, our family. Really before this concept, I would say that I often, and I say this ashamed, that I often saw things as kind of a tug of war, that I wanted to be sure you saw, you knew how much I was sacrificing or what my needs were and how come you're not meeting them good enough. And, you know, it just, it was this tug of war and definitely more me than you because you are always, okay, always is never a good word to use, (laughs) but you are so much better at being selfless than I am. And so definitely I was playing tug of more, more than you were, but this concept of oneness was really critical for us in changing changing our perspective. For me, I was tug of warring. For you, you were, I would say, kind of checked out. Yeah, unfortunately, I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. I am a, certainly a, a background type personality uh, just by nature. That's kind of what I like. So I was pretty unintentional, actually. You, you know, you use that term intentional mom. And it's good for everyone, not just moms, but dads too, to be intentional. And I wasn't for a long time. So this was about 12 years ago, and we decided that things were going to change. And we really began to read a ton of books on marriage. We began to dig into scripture, looking for God's, the creator's uh, truth to us on how to do this right. And we began praying and pleading with God to really show us what healthy marriage looks like. We began keeping a notebook and we would just write down everything we were doing right, everything we were doing wrong, and what's the better way. And that's how we discovered oneness, along with a lot of other things, changes that we made. Oneness was kind of the pinnacle philosophy. And from that, We've established several principles that we are very committed to now in our marriage. You know, it's actually, as we sit here, it's pretty funny because, and this almost makes me want to cry, 
because we're sitting here holding hands while we're doing this podcast. (laughs) And that was one of the principles that we changed. One of the commitments that we um, moved towards was that every time we would pray, um, whether just the two of us praying or whether we were somewhere in public and a prayer was happening or whether it was around the dinner table or any time with the family, we were going to hold hands. It was just one little thing we could do to say, we're one together. We're in this together. And, you know, we, we were just not big hand holders before that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of neat to me that 12 years later, we're sitting here just holding hands, doing this podcast, not even realizing that we're holding hands. Right. So it's it's fun to have to see down the road a little bit with that. But we want to talk to you about what is oneness. Oneness is it really is a different philosophy on marriage. At least it was for us. Uh, it's it's really this idea that when you get married, the two become one. Uh, And this new one is a a new entity. There is still Rich. There is still Val. But uh, there is something more as well. It's this this marriage entity, and and we call it oneness. Uh, Go ahead. We've actually really come to discover that this is like a little mini picture of what the Trinity is. You know, the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they together are one entity. They're three separate personalities, three different beings, personhoods, but they're completely one. They're separate individuals, but they're one. Nothing is separating them. They're fully aligned with one another, but they each have distinct personalities. It's a mystery, really, and we don't fully understand the Trinity, nor do we understand how marriage, a healthy marriage, is this little mini Trinity of husband and wife and God all working together to um, to be more than we would be just on our own. Oneness requires intentionality also. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you think of it as a new, almost like uh, when you have a child, your life changes, your focus changes, and you have to nurture this child and give it attention. And, and it's it's great that they're so cute when they're babies because that's it makes it easy. But at same idea, in a marriage, you have something new now that must be nurtured and cared for with intentionality. And part of that means I need to deal with my spouse in complete truth. And I need to deal with my spouse in complete openness. Um, And I need to honor her and I need to honor our oneness as well. I need to honor that relationship. Uh, I need to deal with her with tenderness and sensitivity. I need to be a safe place for her to be truthful and open. Not a place where she fears judgment or condemnation. But I need to be, I need to have that tenderness and sensitivity. Yeah, I really had to develop a vulnerability. I am by nature one who likes to come across as strong and independent and self-reliant. And I don't like to need. And so I had a hard time with being vulnerable. But when I discovered how great that is in a marriage to 
really put down my defenses and really just need Rich. Allow myself to really need him. That was really transforming in our relationship as well. And it was all based on this concept of oneness that I wanted to be all in with nurturing oneness. And that's that's a great point. Uh, it takes that sacrificial change. Uh, for you, it was it was becoming vulnerable, and for me, it was stepping up and becoming intentional about that. I I still I still have to work on that. It's it doesn't come naturally to me, quite possibly as vulnerability doesn't come naturally to you. Uh, but to see the rewards and the benefits of that really is worth it. Right. So we want our oneness, our our marriage to not just survive, but we want it to actually thrive. And so we have to identify, and you're going to have to do this in your marriage if you're married, identifying what nourishes this marriage and what safeguards do we want to have to protect it. It's worth protecting. For us, there's a whole list of things um, that we want to be able to go over with you on different little marriage moments that we will do. And and as I have other podcasts, I'll just take a few minutes and we'll do a marriage moment on the different principles, the different things that we found that we need to do to protect our marriage and that we need to do to nurture it. But let's just dive into it a little bit more than we have. So When you talk about openness, you said that we need to be open. I know for us, that has meant accountability, which accountability is vulnerable for both in the marriage because it's, it's vulnerable for the one who is, who is being honest or sharing something, you know, sharing, I struggled with this today, this came up and this is how I handled it, you know, so accountability will look different in every marriage, but, um, I know for me, if we have a, an accountability time and Rich is being honest with me about something he struggled with that day, then that's that also um, is vulnerable on my part, too, because that can hurt a little. Yeah, let's, let's take just a moment and be clear about what Val means uh, with accountability. Moms, as you know, uh, this world is, our culture is not a modest place. Uh, you know, guys are all the time, intentional guys uh, must be very vigilant about their eyes and their minds uh, in our society if they are if they are serious about remaining faithful, not 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 physically faithful only, but f- mentally, emotionally faithful. There's a lot of uh, temptation, a lot of purposeful temptation in our culture. and uh, that requires, vigilance on the part of of an intentional guy. And so I've learned to do that, again, through reading books and studying, and there's there's a lot of materials out there to encourage and support a guy who wants to become better at that, which we've gone through together, Val and I. And we have developed some plans, some steps that I don't have to think about because I've determined ahead of time this is what I'm going to do. And yet, one of those one of those pieces is at the end of every day, um, we talk about the stuff that came across my path that day, and and how it was handled. So, a uh, one book that we could really recommend on this, what is? There's a series by Steve Artiburn called 
Every Man's Battle. Uh, that's the main book, the kind of the 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 title book in the series. Uh, but there's a whole a whole series of books for uh, sons, and I think there's even some daughter and, and wife ones. Uh, it started with Every Man's Battle by Steve Arterburn, um, and there's a lot of others now in that. Yeah, that was a great book. And we have used then the Preparing Your Son for Every Man's Battle and Every Young Man's Battle. Um, Preparing Your Son for Every Man's Battle, the dad reads the first half of the book by himself and then the second half of the book with his son. And that's a great book on purity and just getting some good habits in place for how to handle this crazy messed up world. Right. So that that idea of accountability that's that's just one of the steps that we have implemented um, when we really started learning about oneness. So if he is sharing, if he's being vulnerable and and sharing some accountability with me, you know that can sting a little bit. And so I had to care enough about the strength of our marriage to receive that through understanding and through empathy for, you know, it would be really hard to be a guy in this society. And so it really does require setting aside our, the emotions that we want to have and replacing them with what is best for our marriage. If I do that, then in the end, that's best for me too. I, to be in the middle of a strong marriage is of course, more blessing filled in every possible way than if I just stand on my corner of the, of the tug of war rope and pull with all my might. It really is. Uh, you, you talk about the blessing of it. And I, there are times when you and I have conversations that, man, we, we could never have imagined uh, years ago before we knew about all of this, before we really intentionally started investing in our relationship and in this idea of oneness, we, we're we blown away. We are shocked and amazed at how wonderful God has made marriage, uh, and and we've, we never knew. And we keep discovering newness in it all the time. So we want to end with one key aspect of this. So I have been speaking to parents for decades. Uh, One of my main concepts is one called Uniquely United, where we look at the different personality types in a family and how very different those are and recognize that that family needs all of those personality types and all of them have strengths that add to the family if we can learn how to deal with the weaknesses as well. But the concept is that we want to be all of those unique entities in the family, but to do it unitedly. And that is where I have the phrase uniquely united. Well, here's what we want to say to you all today, that that concept uniquely united in your family, implementing that in your family really begins with implementing it in your marriage. That yes, you want to each have your unique personalities and unique interests and values, and yet to be wholly committed to being united with those. You know, I remember this one conference we went to, and they had us do, they gave us these playing cards 
that were called value cards, I think. Yeah. And so you want to describe how a little bit how that worked? This was, uh, I believe it, it was an exercise that came from something from John Maxwell's organization, um, which has a lot of great leadership materials. And it, it, this was really a leadership conference, but uh, it showed us something about our relationship. Each person was given a set of these value cards, and uh, which had a whole bunch of different values on them. And I only remember a few that really stood out to us. And as you work through them, you work individually. Let's go. Some examples of, of values would be efficiency. I value efficiency. Taking initiative. Hard work. Right. Being a peacemaker. Fun would be a value. So all these different values, okay? So don't think character qualities um, or don't think that, you know, it's life principles that all should be in a certain order. Just these are the things that intrinsically God made me to really value certain things and God made Rich to really value other certain things. Okay, keep going. Right. So the exercise was each person had a complete deck of these cards with all the same values in each deck and you would go through and you would first pick out your your top 10 you know and each individual would pick out their own top 10 and then you'd go back and narrow it down to your top 3 and just that alone was was pretty eye opening between Val and I uh, and then we were supposed to get it down to our top 1 and mine my top value was peace and Val's top value was truth well if you think that through Truth and peace don't always necessarily go together. If there's going to be truth in a relationship, then sometimes you're going to deal with some hard things and you're going to have some some uh, some rough and raw feelings in dealing with that. And that's necessary. But peace is also an important thing in a relationship as well. And there need, you need times of peace. So it was really eye-opening to see wow, we're working toward the same things, but we still have our own uniqueness and we come at them from different ways. And there's different parts of that same goal that are important to Val and different parts that are important to me. And we need to figure out a way to be able to come at this together. Well, really what it showed us was that, so so let's say I value truth, well, that means... Which is important. Which is important, but it also means that I would go around stomping on people's feelings in our family all the time. Uh, that, because, that happens sometimes. <laughs> because I thought the truth was so important, it needed to get out there. But I wasn't valuing peace at all, So, and I wasn't valuing gentleness or... Um, you know, understanding. So I wasn't careful in how I presented truth. But at the same time, I, if peace was my highest value then I would let truth slide, not, I don't totally know what I'm... Right. You wouldn't lie. Right. But you just, you wouldn't speak up about the truth if it would at all jeopardize peace. Right. It was more about, uh, I didn't lack truth. What I sometimes would lack was forthcoming or openness to where I would not say something in the higher interest of peace than in an interest of truth. So what we discovered from doing this values thing, this little exercise, was it showed us that God brought these two people together, this person who most values truth and this person who most values peace. And 
then he said, now have a healthy family. <laughs> and, and he wasn't doing that to be it's ornery. It's like one of those Chinese puzzles that has no solution. <laughs> no, he wasn't doing that to be ornery. He was doing that because if we do it together, if we both bring our values to the table in a humble and I'm working with you kind of way, then the end result is so much fuller and healthier than if we were both just truth or we were both just peace. You see, your family unit and your marriage needs the uniqueness of the other one, but you need to be united uniquely, each of you honoring all of the other people's unique aspects. So we want to encourage you today to to do that, to start making oneness a top marriage priority and discuss what do we need to change to allow oneness to be more healthy in our marriage and how can we honor one another's uniquenesses and really allow that blend to produce something we could have never imagined. We're learning a different perspective. We're turning our struggles from different directions into striving together. Now we're striving together for more than we could have been on our own before. Still you, still me with a new entity